Welcome to the CCM Deep Dive Podcast as we go song by song and story by story through some of Christian music's most influential albums with the artists who created them. It's time to grab your coffee and settle in. Let's go. Nobody's more or less important here. It's just the unit. What's important is that we just get the best music we can get, you know. Welcome to Let the Kingdom Come, track number three on Whitehart's 1989 album Freedom with that bass line from Tommy Sims, who you just heard in the opening. But the song did not start with that riff. Keyboardist Mark Gershmel wrote the song and then presented it to the band. Well, yes, and I had written the song out of a, a great need to let the kingdom come. <laughs> so when I presented it, Tommy came in and he played almost immediately that bass line. You know, I mean... On on that particular one, I think I was just trying to find something in the moment, you know, that that might fit. You know what I mean? It, 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 I really, there really wasn't a lot of forethought of. I hadn't heard the idea, you know, that Mark had yet. I just remember playing it. It was just, it's just one of those things where the, everybody responded to it very quickly, so I stuck with it. You know what I mean? It's like it it could have easily just been one one of fifteen different ideas, you know that popped up and as a writer uh i said my gosh that is fundamental to this song it's that is an amazing you know how many people in, in their lifetime can come up with what he does so easily you know and that was such a foundational moment of the song that i i even gave him a writer's credit on that because it is a part of i mean i can't imagine that song without that riff because of the greatness of what he brought to it, which is why I said, you need to be a writer on this, because you are a writer on this. How many people would, um, as a writer, having a player come up with a part, give them the writer credit on the song? Some, somebody like Mark Gersmel, that's who. Lead guitarist, <laughs> Gordon Kennedy. That's a generous thing, because it doesn't always happen in the world of writing songs, you know. Um, there are people who will take credit for writing songs just because they were in the room and they didn't do anything. But there are also people that will come on and play sessions and come up with some signature riff that's that you can't imagine the intro of that song without that riff. The year was 1964. And sitting in the Fred Foster Sound Studio in Nashville, a session guitar player came up with this opening riff for Roy Orbison's Oh Pretty Woman. The session player did not get official writing credits that would go to Orbison and Bill Dees despite being universally considered one of the top guitar riffs of all time. By the way, that session guitar player that came up with that opening riff was Jerry Kennedy, Gordon's dad. 
it's very rare that the writer goes, you're a writer on that song now. And that's hats off to Mark. Yeah, you're kind. He's amazing. Amazing. Oh, gosh. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, even in, in those sessions, using that example of Tommy's riff. That lead singer, Rick Florian. Where I... You know it's there, but you don't think about it. And that is, it's not just the melody he played. It's not just that. It's how he played it and where he pulls on it. And just, it's it's just, it's mesmerizing. It, it, I just, <laughs> and for me as a performer, that the the hypnotic nature of that riff when I'm, especially when we're doing it live, it just is like, whenever you have those kind of things, it just makes it, it, it'll just makes me do more, you know? It's so great when you, as a writer, when you get the chance to present something to these guys, and then you get Tommy in within five minutes bringing that riff, and you get that singer singing at the end of the, you know, and I mean, it's, and Gordon filming at the end, everything gets so much better <laughs> by handing it off to people with those kind of gifts. It's like it's like the ultimate. That song is like an ultimate twelve-bar blues song that could easily be Mississippi Delta. This is how Whiteheart would do that song. Well said. Yeah. Mm. Such a great song. I think I envisioned that it that it had the ability to go to a larger canvas, but the but Tommy's riff instantly changed the the it had the now it had the foundation. Now it had that mystery and moodiness mm-hmm. that that it so desperately needed to convey the ideas. When I'm, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm bone weary. We're saying we're bone weary. Well, that that music is bone weary. But knowing that those guys could, it's sort of like, are you driving a Chevette or you're driving a Corvette? <laughs> you know, and we had a Corvette, and yeah. So I, I, I felt like the design was big enough that it it could go had room for places, but where they all took it, who could, who could imagine, you know, that's, that's the, Oh my gosh, it's the humbling gift of being in a band with people like that. The idea that, you know, ain't nobody's more or less important here. You know, it's just the unit. It's just what's, what's important is that we just, we just get the best music we can get, you know? And, uh, you know, that was, that was, you know, that was as much part of the experience. And, and that was the setup, I think, for us, maybe rising above, you know, our, our individuality. But I, but that came, you know, that, that came from Brown as well. That idea that, well, you know, I mean, it was just a foregone conclusion. If this guy has no ego, <laughs> I, I'm certainly not, there's certainly no room for mine here. Thank you for listening as we continue to work through the songs from Whiteheart's 1989 album, Freedom. Join us next week as we dive into Over Me. Over Me.